click go live and then it's like, you sure you want to go live? And you click, <laughs> yes, I'm sure. And it's like, okay, I'm click this button to go live. And you're like, I already wanted to go live. Can we not just go live? And we are live. Welcome to an episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. I'm your friend Joseph Craven. I'm joined by uh, a man who obviously is very upset at Jurgen Klopp's usage of substitutes and rotations, Mr. Alex Lovell. He's just furious over there. I, yeah, I didn't want us to win 7 nothing <laughs> because we just won 7 nothing at Selhurst Park. I just want to go out. I'm jumping in. We won 7 nothing. Something that never happens happened in front of our very eyes. <laughs> we are uh, streaming live onto on our YouTube channel and also uh, putting this podcast out later on for those of you that listen on the old pod afterwards. But our immediate reaction episode, not just to the Palace absolute drubbing that, <laughs> that we just gave them, but also um, quick reaction to, uh, you know, just the past week in general. Um, and, uh, and retaking top of the league and the significance of everything that uh, we have accomplished the past week. Really great, but hey, let's start with the, what immediately just happened a minute ago. Um, the the 7-0 beatdown of Crystal Palace. Interesting uh, result in particular because I think watching that match, all of us could agree that, you know, the best team lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm very curious to see hear Jose's comments pre, in his pre-match press conference about our game. That is, I want to go on record to say that is the only time that we will comment on that because clearly Jose just loves attention. We're not going to actually give him any attention, but it was just, I just had to make the bad, the obvious joke, and so I went for it. But, all right, 7-0 against Palace at Selhurst Park. Now, obviously, Selhurst Park, devoid of, of a rabid fan base like it normally would be, which... You know, we've seen so far in Anfield how even having, you know, 2,000 fans and all that uh, makes a difference. Having, you know, people to play in front of really makes a big difference. But that being said, this is something that never happens. This is a team whose personnel has always been a thorn in Liverpool's side. This is... uh, a, a lineup, a, a squad in particular that we always seem to, we just dread. We see them coming up on the schedule and we're like, oh my gosh, it's Palace. So this, uh, I think I told you right beforehand, before we we went live and hit record, was uh, it almost felt like a little bit like we were exercising some demons. Yeah. <laughs> by just piling it on. I mean, your thoughts on this match? What uh, what do you even say? <laughs> but I, I mean, first of all, just this is, it's the most obvious point, but like the parallelism of us scoring seven, having conceded seven earlier in the season is absolutely huge. Like this is going to do wonders for the squad this past week. I mean, getting a a hard fought victory against your closest title competitors Mm -hmm. and then going out and putting on a performance like that. Uh, Even when half of that match, you should not have been up at all. You probably should have been behind by the amount of goals that you scored. So, I mean, there's just so many things about that performance, uh, apart from the parts where we played really badly for half of it, are really going to help this team moving forward. Uh, And no injuries as well, which is always good. Always good. Yeah, we were kind of texting back and forth and laughing during the first half about, um, first of all, it's the early kickoff time here in the u.s so we were laughing about like just why you know why are we awake why do we have to do this but we were laughing about the fact that 
Jordan Ayu apparently was also not, not awake because <laughs> if he had if he had played a, a marginal percentage better in the first half than he did, especially with his finishing uh, touches and his his play right against <laughs> right up in front of the Liverpool goal. Uh, if he had done just a hair better, this would be a, a completely different and competitive match, you know. But it just kind of seemed like uh, Palace for a while in there was was playing better than Liverpool was playing, just not finishing better. And that was entirely the difference because the moment that Liverpool had any opportunity, you know, that Mane goal, that second goal of the match, the the quick touch and then immediate strike, you know, the quick turnaround, immediate strike. Like it's the smallest, the most narrow of opportunities to even attempt a shot and he places it perfectly. So like that was the difference. I think that just the, the fact that, because we've seen it on our side as well about how we have been, um, you and me personally on our, uh, you know, YMCA league. No, uh, we've seen with Liverpool how you can be doing everything right, but you just don't ever finish. And it breaks your spirit after a little while. <laughs> and Palace shattered, man. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely but, broke. Uh, very much like an actual Crystal Palace mm-hmm. that got hit by anything. It's just been destroyed. So here's a question for you then. Um, what, do you, what do you think is the significance of a match like this? Because so far this year... We have not necessarily played super well. We've we've really played to the level of the opponents we've gone up against. Yeah. You know, we really have. And if it's been someone like a Brighton, and like, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of injuries officiated, whatever it may be, that play into a lot of all of this. But like, we didn't play well against Brighton. We didn't play well against uh, Fulham. You know, we didn't play well, you know, just kind of against the lower tier teams to go up against a team like this and to to beat them as thoroughly as we did obviously palace not in the like the bottom five but (laughs) but they felt like it today i'm sure what's the significance of being able to just win so handedly and obviously be the better team Uh, well it's a huge boost in confidence i mean we what we the one complaint we had midweek was that like every shot we hit apart from the two that went in went right at Loris. And someone clearly taught everyone on our team how to not hit the shot straight at the goalkeeper today. So, <laughs> like, first of all, a huge boost to everyone's confidence finishing-wise. I, I mean, and now we're getting contributions from everyone. We've got Bobby scoring again and scoring brilliant goals. We've got Minamino scoring his first league goal, yes. like, immediately. Like, you could see what it meant to him, too. And everyone was just so happy for him. And, like, now we've got more contributors that get the confidence boost. I mean, Nabby gets to finish 90 minutes. Matip comes back from an injury and plays 90 minutes. Fabinho gets to solidify his position as, like, the best center back in the league despite playing out of position. I mean, we just get positives from everybody. Um, And, I mean, we got to play Curtis Jones a little bit more. I mean, I know he's played a lot already, but we're getting to work him in, not exhaust him since he's just a kid. Uh, and we, I mean, tiny child. Yeah. And like, and it weirdly, like, it's good to see how pissed off Mane was for coming off in that game because it just shows like how hungry and how much desire this team has. So, I mean, yeah. this, this will, like, this 
like I mentioned before, these past two games, just back-to-back the way they unfolded, it's absolutely massive for this team going into the busy season. Because like now we believe, I'm sure we already did, but now so many other people believe, like, okay, this Liverpool are still the title favorites. Liverpool are still the team to beat. And despite a rocky start, now they've completely reset the clock by balancing out that goal difference and actually getting more goals than the the big loss that we had earlier. Like, uh, we've, we've shown such resiliency dealing with injury crisis. We've shown resiliency dealing with, you know, some uh, questionable officiating at times, um, which, I mean, and I, I don't say that as like a, like, woe is us, the officials are out to get that uh, get us type of thing. I say that in a English officials have been bad in just about every match <laughs> I've watched this yeah. year <laughs> type of way. Like, the officials were not very good in the Fulham match, but it actually kind of benefited us in a lot of ways. You know, like, yeah. it's, so, it's just like, they just haven't been great. And it's so, it's hard to, regardless of whether the calls are going your way or against you, when officiating is dictating the flow of the match, and it's not the match dictating the flow of the match. <laughs> it's not good, and so it throws things out. So we've we fought through a lot of that, which is always so nice. But now to finally like have some people coming back from injuries to 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 be a little bit more like obviously in match fitness coming out of um, no preseason, uh, kind of a rushed into last season after a long hiatus, all of those things, all of those factors that go into it, to now see, okay, this is the team that's starting to actually hit on full stride again and look more like last year's team, where it doesn't matter who's out there, they're contributing. Um, But even a a deeper than that, I mean, it's just, it's fun. There's a whole lot of positive for sure coming out of it, a whole lot of positive for sure. Um, I do... for anyone who is watching the the YouTube video, um, Alex definitely uh, obviously has a, a tongue in cheek um, uh, uh, comment um, as his uh, his lower third there about Jurgen Klopp being a, a fraud for playing Mohamed Salah <laughs> because he, he has so many options as to who else he could have <laughs> subbed in there. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, why didn't we why didn't we go ahead and put uh, Adrian, you know, up top? He needs more match fitness, right? He needs more. Fitness. I mean, I think my name is the answer to your question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, what do you think this this does as far as, um, I guess, justifying the fact that Klopp is not trying, not making these statements to try to get a competitive advantage? That's what that's a lot of people. It's going to appear that way, right? That he's going to go go off on, you know. Uh, just the cluster of matches. He's going to go off and all this stuff to try to get a competitive advantage. I think it's clear that's not the case. This team is very competitive yeah. <laughs> and that he is trying to make a point of more so about player safety, all of those things. What do you think that a, a, a performance like this does um, in light of uh, those comments to kind of justify his stance a bit more? Uh, I mean, it actually probably doesn't really help his position uh bringing on Salah I know there's a lot of people I mean I was having some discussions this morning with some people that like completely disagreed with Klopp bringing him on and were like well Klopp now has no ground to stand on because he's bringing players like Salah on uh and I mean I can see why you would think that and like I sympathize with that point and honestly if we didn't need Salah I wouldn't have want him to come on 
Um, but also it's kind of those, it's just such an issue that's in my opinion, like so clearly not cut and dry. It's yes. not to a point where Klopp can just say, Oh, I need to rest players for player safety and then just do it every match. Like we're, we're still in a title race. We still need goal differential. Some players work better based on workload. I mean, there's, He's obviously talking to the fitness team about which players can play when when players can't play. Right. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, we talk about bringing Curtis Jones on. Like, ideally, this is the kind of situation we bring Curtis Jones on, and those are his minutes for the season. Like in this game, instead of being like the third most played midfielder on our team so far this season. So, I mean, I I'm not gonna say like I, I'm the happiest that Salah needed to come on, although I am because of that performance that he right. gave. Uh, I mean, but two goals in like a minute and a half yeah. <laughs> and in the yeah and it's just like i i personally think that the debate shouldn't be like Klopp has opinions and then he does stuff that it doesn't exactly line up with that uh and play the kids all the time mm-hmm. it which in my opinion as i've said because i'm just using the phrase in my opinion over and over again because it's 8 a.m uh is that like it's just not realistic to do that like this isn't FIFA and the debate should be why is there one league in all of UEFA that doesn't have five subs? Right. Like if that's, if we're, if we're going to talk about that, like that should be the debate, not that one guy and some other managers are vocal about that and then not using all subs all the time. Like there's a really good thread by Rory Smith about this whole issue uh, and about like how subs are calculated risks and not just like things that you do. Uh, and that's exactly the case. I mean, you we didn't really make we didn't I don't think we didn't make a single sub against Spurs. But uh, to answer that question, who would we have brought on in a game that's tightly poised one one against our closest title rivals? Right. Like, would we bring on Divock Origi? No, exactly. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I I have had this discussion a lot, and I would like to be clear. I totally see the other side of it, but I just understand. W- or I'm trying to understand more why Klopp is doing what he's doing because it's not just an easy issue to solve. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, like I've said on the podcast before that I don't necessarily, you know, fully side with his comments. I can like, you know, like yeah. uh, just kind of, I'm not going to, I'm going to try to do my best to not completely agree with him just because, I love him and want to be him, you know, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is true. No, I'm going to try to like analyze and be like, okay, like, do I actually agree with it? And, you know, and there's a lot of aspects to it that, yeah, there's some times in which I kind of wish that maybe he wouldn't bring it up as often as he does. But at mm-hmm. the same time that it also, you know, it just reminds me that this is something he cares about. And I do think that it is in his eyes, always a player safety, you know, sort of issue. Um, and uh, I don't. I, I thought I had something else I was going to add on to that, but I don't. Again, this is the early match. I'm still drinking my coffee right now as we record. Uh, Your idea subbed out <laughs> in, in, in keeping with the topic. And I, I tried to sub in one of the kids, but, you know, it didn't work out. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, to quote American football coaching legend Herm Edwards in one of the most quoted rants, of any post-game press conference ever, you play to win the game. <laughs> you know, you yeah. don't you don't come out and like, yeah, we didn't know that it was going to be seven nil by the time all things were said and done. 
You know, we didn't know that. But, like, when it is, what, four? Was it four nil when uh, when Salah came on? Yeah. Yeah. It was four. And you had a significant chunk of the second half still left to play, at least a half hour. Um, You want to put out one of your best players, A, because you just want to remind him, um, you know, or you want to keep him, you know, in, in form whenever you can. B... We all know Mohamed Salah wants to play a full 90 constantly and wants to try to score all the time. Like, he's a greedy player in a good way. (laughs) Um, And see, you just, you don't want to run the risk of, of messing anything up and becoming a headline in the negative way. You play to win the game. You don't play to not lose. And so, yeah, sometimes you have to, like, Sané had, I mean, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> Mane had um, a- absolutely amazing game. Like, was obviously the best player on the pitch for, like, the entire game. You know, if he's got to come off and rest, why not substitute him for an equally talented player, uh, you know, so that you keep the performance up best you can? So, like, I'm never going to fault a manager for, you know, playing to win. And not playing not to lose because that never works. It always backfires. <laughs> yeah, somehow. and like it's it's another risk. It's a gamble from Klopp. Yep. It's just the potential for this match to get out of hand in our favor outweigh uh, the potential for, to rest some players and like reconfigure the entire team to send on like Reese Williams, Nat Phillips, and Nico Williams. Yeah, like we re, we have to completely rejigger the squad to make that work. And do we win 7-0? Do we keep a clean sheet? Do Palace finally start putting away some of their chances because everyone's all over the place? Uh, maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. That's the risk that he took. Do I fully support it? Uh, probably not. Right. Am I happy that we won 7-0? Absolutely. That's amazing. It made waking up balls early completely <laughs> worth it. Uh, but, you know, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it. it it's the risk paid off. Obviously, and the part of the good news, also I think with it, and what you know why he felt justified in doing it, is the fact that you know we actually don't have a midweek match. We get yeah. an entire week and an extra day. We're we're actually not playing until Sunday of the twenty seventh. So like, you know, he's got to look at it and go, okay, you know, I don't, I'm not having to put out Nat Phillips and and. Reese Williams and, and Divock Origa. I'm not having to do all of that. I'm actually able to, you know, rotate, quote-unquote, Mane for Salah <laughs> just this one time because we're actually going to be able to recover um, over Christmas week. So, yeah, phenomenal phenomenal outcome. Yeah, maybe we're not always going to fully agree with the decision. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, he's, he's a massive fraud and hypocrite. <laughs> Um, but anyway, no, it's, it's great. So let's, let's talk just a little bit about both in this match, but now looking back also to that outstanding finish and just honestly, a really a good match to watch Yeah, between two good teams against Tottenham earlier in the week. Like it kind of sucks that Jose had to Jose at the end of it. <laughs> Because, like, he could have just been like, man, that was a hotly contested game. We'll get him next time, you know. And it, like, would have been awesome. But no, he had to just... But Jeannie Wijnaldum, 
recently. My goodness. Has been unfreaking believable. Uh, talk just a little bit about that man <laughs> and the form that he has been in this week. Uh, it's marvelous, and it's the biggest advertisement ever by him to the club to renew his contract. I know the, the fans are clamoring for it. I'm clamoring for it. He's been brilliant. I mean, he's he's been so good in those tight spaces because I feel like every five minutes in these past two games, you see him surrounded by three people and he just nutmegs his way out of trouble it's and then insane. distributes the ball. I mean, he's just able to be everywhere uh, and contributing, being on attack, being on defense, being selfless. Like, he, he's doing the not standout role and standing out, and I think that's the most incredible part about it. Uh, he's just been fantastic, and we would not have had either victory without him playing. Right. And that's just huge, and so I'm – Glad that he's there. Glad that he didn't get injured. Glad he can get some rest now for this week and a day. But yeah, I mean, he's we've been through so many injuries, and I think even now we're still taking it for granted that he has not had to miss any game through injuries. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely we are. <laughs> absolutely we are. Um, he's one of those guys that you know we talk. There's there's some matches in which his. Uh, performance and his impact aren't as obvious you know but then there's matches like we've had recently where it it is super obvious how important he is Uh, and being the guy who obviously has been at the center of a lot of uh contract discussion and contract uh talk um about whether he's moving away any of that it it's pretty clear he also wants to put on performances that like show his value yeah so that no matter where he ends up, he makes that that money that he's worth, you know. Um, in in American sports leagues where contracts are you know structured much differently, um, and free agency is is an actual thing, um, which is very much not the case really in in uh, in soccer. But uh, in those leagues, like a contract year where that contract's better, that's always we <laughs> see a player perform their best because they're going to try to earn that big money contract. Now, the thing is with this, it always ends up that the player that earns the big money contract the very next year plays like crap. <laughs> is, yeah. Is a complete shell of who they were. So, you know, hopefully this does not mean that we, uh, we overvalue, you know, genie to the point of uh, spending too much money on him, which as I'm saying it, I'm like, this is FSG. There's no way. What am I even saying? We don't spend money on players. Um, so, uh, it, but it'd be curious to see. I hope that he could continue the, you know, the current run of form and his current importance and value to the team if he stays or if he decides to go elsewhere. I, you know, I hope that like he goes into because I mean, it's kind of the tail end of his career. He is getting into his thirties now um, and continues this way and just because he just is a class act, um, great player. Just a, it seems like a great dude. Like. I don't know. It's just great. I hope I hope that no matter what happens to him, it's it's for the best. Yeah, and um, you hear about him giving the rousing speech before the Spurs match. Like he's clearly a leader, even when we've got a lot of leaders. Like he's the he was the one who was fired up and coming in. And like when Genie gets pissed, Genie gets really really good. Clearly, as we saw against Barcelona a few years back, and then like, this past week. I mean, just keep him mad all the time. Just someone just follow him around. Just kind of slap him in the face a few times. Just keep him <laughs> mad. Uh, I was uh, 
I think it must have been uh, James Pierce on like the Red Agenda at some point or something like that. They made a comment about how you know the the rumors of Jeannie DeBarca are still like abounding. And he was like, why in the world would you want to leave Liverpool <laughs> for Barcelona at this yeah. point in time? <laughs> why would you want to leave a club that is taking taking England again, possibly, you know, trying to make a, a serious push for the uh, the double in the Champions League as well? Why would you want to leave that for the state that Barcelona is in? <laughs> a team that cannot pay you. Like, they don't have the money to pay you at this point. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. But anyway, uh, that Tottenham match in general, uh, as we mentioned, you know, really entertaining match. Uh, two good teams. Um, obviously, a lot of the statistics um, point in Liverpool's favor. But if you watch it, a lot of the performance, like on the pitch, the you know, the, the stuff that you actually... Because um, numbers can lie, um, and uh, not to not to give him much more attention, but Jose does have a point when he says possession stats are like overcooked meat, yeah. <laughs> which is such a weird statement. But it's true. Possession stats oftentimes don't you know they don't really mean anything because um, you know style is style. But like you watch it, the eye test actually watching the teams, you could tell that like Liverpool was playing much better. And if it were not for the performances of, I mean, pretty much just uh, Serge Aurier, um, Pierre, you know, Emilie, it, oh God, it's too early. I'm, I'm <laughs> my brain. Hoiberg, we'll just say Hoiberg. Um, and Hodgeberg. Hodgeberg, Bajerg, um, and Son. If not for those three players, like Tottenham would have gotten 7 0. They would have gotten Palace. Um, yeah. But those three players were outstanding. But Liverpool as a whole, also outstanding. Your take on that match in general? I mean, the the two best teams in the Premier League, clearly, after watching that? Definitely. I mean, the, the two most organized, cohesive teams in the league. Uh, and the two that just, I mean, they were so diametrically opposed, but they're so good at what they want to do. Uh, apart from us not being able to finish, that was the one thing that was missing in that match. Uh, is like, it, 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 again, like, like you just mentioned, if we had finished like we did today, that match is like 7-0 in the first half because we had so many chances. And they had their one, and they took it. And, I mean, you the whole the better team lost thing. I mean, they did have good chances. They did not take them. Right. And we had more of the ball. We had a lot more chances than people seem to be giving us credit for. And yeah. then we took the chances that we got, or some of them. And that's just what it takes to win. And so, I mean, it was just a fantastic match. And we the run of play probably – deserve that result that we got and the Bobby goal, the Bobby celebration, that was just the perfect way to crown that match and say to our closest title challengers, like know your place. Yep. 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 I mean, yeah, we could say which, what we want about like, you know, possession stats or whatever it is, but 11 shots on goal. Yeah. You know, I know that a lot of them were not great attempts that did, go directly to um, Hugo Lloris, as you kind of referenced earlier, but 11 shots on goal, you know, <laughs> like we're getting not just looks, but good enough looks. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, it just kind of seemed like it was one of those things where after a little while, yeah, absolutely something was going to um, 
break. And it just so happened to be a perfectly placed corner, a perfect run by Bobby, uh, perfect timing by Tim Sherwood. You know, just <laughs> yeah. like the whole situation so good, so perfect. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I it just was one of those things where it's a great match, but, like, at the end, the team that, you know, just flat out was taking the chances finally got one more to work out. Um, and it seems to have bled into... The performance Today. this morning. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely just outstanding. This whole week has been great. The whole week has been great. Um, but I guess yeah, as we kind of get to the, the tail end here of the, what is you know a quick little Saturday recording session, um, I do want to get your thoughts on the Champions League draw because we have not had a chance to discuss that on the podcast yet. But obviously, uh, not until... Tuesday, February 16th, will we actually have this issue um, in which we get back into Champions League play. But a draw against RB Leipzig. Um, tell us a little bit about Leipzig right now. Uh, obviously, we're big fans of them for eliminating United yeah. from the Champions League, but it doesn't mean that we want to have to go up and face them now. That's that's not cool. Tell us a little bit about Leipzig, what to expect, and how they uh, what they're looking like right now. Um, they are coping pretty well with the loss of Timo Werner. Um, they have decided that their new number nine is Angelino, their left back. They're playing a false nine, but at the left back role, uh, they've been really good this season. They're, I think they're just one point behind Bayern or level with Bayern at this point. Um, but they, I mean, they've honestly just, the only thing holding them back from being flat out top is the fact that they just, they play with so many young players that this is the problem that players, teams that tend to focus on young players and have like a core of under 24 players they have is that when sometimes when the going gets tough, they can't really figure it out. The pressure gets too much for them. I mean, you see it pretty much with Dortmund every year in the Bundesliga and the same thing kind of happened with Leipzig, but they seem to have this cutting edge. They're very flexible uh, I think that's one thing that we will need to be wary of is that they, they have a lot of different looks uh, and it's been pretty annoying for Bundesliga fantasy because you just can never count on how they're going to play and who's mm-hmm. going to play and what formation they're even going to play. Uh, so, I mean, we, <laughs> thanks they, a lot guys. <laughs> yeah. So they'll have, I mean, they'll clearly have a plan. They've got an exciting young manager with a very weird wardrobe. I mean, he has grown a lot since the last time he came to Anfield, and I don't think he's going to be one of the guys that are like, like oh, Anfield doesn't mean anything. He's but, physically grown? Like, he went from, like, you know, like 5'6 to 6'2 or something? Um, Maybe not height-wise, but diameter-wise. Uh, the success in drinking nothing but Red Bull for the past two years, all that sugar has just kind of absorbed all the water. Um but no, it's going to be a great match. There are they've already announced that they're adding two players to their squad. I don't know if we'll see them. We'll probably see Dominic Shaka Laka Blaka, uh, the one and, and only. Yeah, um, but I mean they've just got so many exciting players that may or may not end up on our team next season. So it's going to be a great <laughs> match. It's going to be high octane, um, and it's it, not really any reason to be nervous. But mm-hmm. it's just I mean they're a good team and they could get a result. So we're going to have to be like we were today, except for the first part of this game today. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. That's going to wrap up, I believe, our uh, our little quick recap, quick reaction episode. Um, Wow. It's going to. I'm glad that we have an entire week in which we get to just kind of bask 
in beating Tottenham to jump back on top of the league, but then also putting a putting up a seven goal performance <laughs> against Palace. I'm Can still you not say that again. It. It's a seven <laughs> goal performance. Unbelievable. Oh, I just love it. I'm going to be watching like replays of this. I'm going to be watching a replay of Andrew Robertson's assist to Bobby Firmino. Oh my gosh. Um, just yes. over and over again cuz he could not have placed that pass any more perfectly for Bobby's run. That was unreal. Just that oh, just like every single goal was uh, chef's kiss. Masterpiece. All right. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Uh, for Alex Lebel over there, I'm your friend Joseph Craven. Uh, we'll send it over to Andrew Ainsworth to sign us out. Andrew, take it away. That's it.